What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Aussie Show. So today I'm sitting down with a guy who's killing it with his videography. He is Derek Faye's media guy now, technically. Creative director, yeah. Creative director. Yeah. That's that's a big dick. Uh, it's position. it's just a fancy. It's a fancy word for basically videographer. I make videos. Media, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like when I met. So uh, for anyone listening. Derek Faye is a big venture capitalist, um, M&A as well, merchant mm-hmm. acqu- acquisition, does some pretty cool stuff, really insightful. I've had him on this podcast, blew my mind with a lot of stuff. And James, which is funny, for ages I thought your name was Jamie because I didn't see the S. <laughs> it's like you've got weird spelling, dude. It's such a weird spelling. <laughs> I've been bullied for it my whole life pretty much. <laughs> but um, yeah, so many people... Uh, sorry, you you and I linked up months ago. Yeah. And then it turns out you're doing content for Derek and killing it. Yeah. But uh, what fascinated me and wanted me to get on, on the pod was how you're starting to look differently across uh, business, especially in the videography space, because so many people, you know Alexis, don't you? Yes. <laughs> so, so <laughs> many, like even just today, he posted this thing about a conversation. This guy has three red cameras. Yeah. And charges fifteen hundred dollars, sorry, five hundred dollars yep. a shoot, and I'm just like, bro, I make more than that on an iPhone 14. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, one, I want to learn for myself, but also people listening because it fascinates me how people build different structures for businesses, and obviously, I'm still learning, and everyone listening will be too. But some of the things you said when we were chatting was uh, how you're starting to build it and the ways in which Derek is shifting your brain. Oh yeah. And one thing that I think a lot of people struggle to get is like, they just look at the money versus the intangibles in a business, such as, you know, uh, I was saying this to Josiah the other day, actually, I'm like, look at your clients beyond the money. Mm. It's like, what can I also learn that will help me in my business or my life? So, you know, I've got different people that, are my clients where it's like they'll find other things about their business and they'll be like, hey, try this, this, and this. And I'm like, mm. what? Exactly. And you, you've got a great mentor with Derek. Yeah, I think it's funny because I had been I had been in the I just want to make money game for like five years. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in the entrepreneurship space for like five years and I've always been in that mindset of like, I just want to make as much money as physically possible. And there's a lot of times that I will forget the fact that I'm 23. Mm. So I'm like sitting here and I'm like, why am I not a millionaire yet? Or why am I not this? But there's a f- the, something that f- fundamentally changed the way that I think is the idea of learning and the idea of earning. Yeah. And the fact that you go through different phases in your life. Like I've been in the, the last few months before I met Derek, I was in the, oh, I just need to earn, earn, earn. But then what you realize is you're attaching yourself. Let's say, you know, for videographers that are listening, you attach yourself to 10 clients and they all pay you a thousand bucks. And each one of them are not in your industry. They're in a spot that might not be, they might not have as much to give to you in terms of knowledge, expertise, all the, you can learn from anybody, but I'm talking about high leverage. Like you're going to learn things every single day when meeting with them. And then they're at max bandwidth and they can't say yes to other opportunities that come along that you you can't take on because now you've maxed yourself out here and you don't have any more. You feel like you're the man. You feel like all these types of things, but you have so much more to learn and you can't learn anymore because of this, this uh, by packing out your schedule, packing out your clients and all those types of things. So what I learned through the relationship with Derek is there's a time to 
learn and there's a time to earn. And then if you can merge those two together, especially when you're younger and you still have a full, like I have, I, I tell people all the time, like I'm not even in my prime in terms of my career yet. Like I'm, mm. I should still be in college technically. Like I'm just kind of getting started. It's like, if you can marry those two together, you, you're going to be way better off 10 years down the line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the one thing that I'm starting to learn too, is like the idea of leverage, which a lot of people don't think is like, you know, every, everything online is, ah, this is how you make 10 grand a month. This is how you make 10 grand a month. And half the time it's funny because I mean, ad agencies, for example, mm. I just got a 10 month, a 10 grand a month client. I'm like, yeah, but you're making probably a thousand. Yeah. So you can, it's, it's a big, it's, it's putting my dick on the, on the, on the table, <laughs> but then not realizing that half, like 90% of that dick doesn't belong to me. Yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And one thing, I mean, the first year when I first moved here, I was like, I mean, I had to make money fast because I had people to pay my, my family in yeah. terms of a kid and wife. But it was like the first year was like, all right, I proved to myself I can make six figures. And then quick, I was like, all right. And then you start realizing all the other problems. It's like time, again, headaches, arguments that come because of lack of time. And yeah. um, then it started transitioning to, all right, how do I build leverage? And one of the first things was obviously an editor for the company, which cuts out a big chunk of time, mm -hmm. um, but then allows me to do like the time that I'm editing, go and find more business. Yeah. And, um, but so with the thing with what you were doing, cause the way you were originally doing it, yeah. you had a unique strategy and, uh, which was you were doing a lot of work for certain people to get notice, which I thought was really smart. Um, and you had a lot of insight about, you know, I'm still young. I'm going to leverage that while I don't have to worry about all these other things. Like I have to worry about with the kids and family and housing. Yeah. Uh, that what I found was interesting when you're like, once you came across Derek, you even dropped the other clients because you're like, oh, this is a better opportunity for if I'm looking a decade or two decades ahead. Yeah, I think it was it was the hardest, me and my business partner mulled over it for weeks. Like we were sitting in a position where, Derek had become a client and I was sitting here and I was like, this is awesome because it was the highest, it was the highest paid client we ever had. Mm. And I was like, this is awesome. Now I'm sitting here and I have all these other people that are either reaching out clients that are hitting me up nonstop. And I was at a crossroads where I was like, I can give Derek 50% of myself and you know, the team and everything like that, or a fraction of in a lot of cases, whether it's 20 to 25%. Or I could go all in on this opportunity. Yes, am I in the short term losing out on a lot of money? Absolutely. But I'd rather sacrifice the money up front for the relationship, the opportunity, um, the people that I met. Like the, It was one of the most pivotal. I will look back on this in 10 years and say like that was the smartest decision I made because I have a lot of ego and I never wanted to work for somebody. Like that was yeah. something I... I pounded my chest. I will never work for somebody. I'll never have a job, I'll, whatever. Coming back to that, I'm like, that's ego. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm going to hold myself back a ton if I play into that, especially at 23 years old. Like the hardest part, I think for most of the generation these days is like, everybody looks at social media and they look at all these people that are crushing it. Like they're, you know, they're showing you their Shopify store revenue or whatever the case is. Mm. And what happens is everybody wants to make themselves out to feel special. So they're like, well, if he can do it, I definitely can do it. And like, there's all this 
you know, hustle culture, never work for anybody, all this stuff. And I was bought in. Like, I was like, no, I would never work for anybody. But then you come to a point where you're like, hey, man, like, that's only going to get you so far. It's also like, because I've never worked in a corporate environment, I have so much to learn. I've never seen a company that is at, you know, whatever, 10, 20, 30, 40 million, like my business partner who still works in corporate, he has so much insight that he gave me in the early start because I knew how to get from zero to 10K and 20K. But getting to those numbers versus getting to a million a month, like Mm. you have to build so much differently. And I would have never had that insight if I wouldn't have now gotten so much experience with all the companies that Derek sees on a daily basis and that, you know, stuff that Jace has taught me. It's like all these different things. And if I would have just listened to my ego, I would have still been, oh, yeah, I'm I'm making 20, you know, 25K a month or yeah. whatever the case is. And I would have just been like, yeah, I would have just keep beating my head against the pavement for that for years. Yeah. And so because <clears throat> it sounds like to me that you're very coachable, which is a, a very rare thing for a lot of people. It's no, I know how I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, through the through ignorance is so arrogance is usually ignorance disguised as confidence. Yeah. And the thing that, back to what you said about, you know, I want to be my own boss. You're never really your own boss because even your client is your boss. Oh, you know? (laughs) And that's the thing that uh, people don't really understand. It took me a while to figure it out, which I was like, I'm really just a marketing guy for this company (laughs) part-time. And the difference is they can fire me whenever they want but they don't have to fire me. They can just go like, hey, look, we're, you're out of budget or yeah, some bullshit yeah, reason yeah, yeah. Um, because you're on a month-to-month, hey, you have to hit these quotas versus, uh, again, you're working for yourself. It's like, yeah, you, you do, but you don't. You just got different stresses. <laughs> That's the funniest part that I realized about the entrepreneurship game the last few months is no matter if you – Tell yourself that you don't work for anybody. The truth is you work for somebody no matter what. Mm. Like there's only a few people that I've seen in my life in my entrepreneurship career that doesn't answer to anybody. They wake up and they they can take a call or they cannot take a call. They can answer a text. They cannot answer a text. And that does not change what they're making or their outcome at all. Mm. But realistically, like we've I've come in contact with companies that are doing $6 million a year and they are – just as employed as I am because Mm. the second they take a day off, that revenue that they're making gets cut. And it's like that when you think about it like that and what you said about the clients is like I can relate to that at such a like level, especially somebody that you cherish your fitness and everything like that. Like there was coming a point last year that I was doing anything. I prided myself and Jason and I talked about it a lot. I will go lengths that other people won't for money that other people just because I was in this phase of like, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. Like I want to learn. But what that does is you give all access to everybody all the time that people will just take that and take that. And then the second you're in a position where you're like, hey, I want to go for a run or I want to work and people are blowing you up. Now all of a sudden, why are you not answering? Why are you not like, and you're like, man, you run into that a lot in the agency space, especially when you're doing anything done for you. Mm. You're always in this phase of like what you're saying. It's like your job, like you're technically hired by the company, but they have no loyalty to you at all, especially when you're in the agency space. Agencies get such a bad rap and 
everybody wants to be an agency owner. So there's mm. competition left and right. And it's, it, it's one of those things that I think that there's a better way to build an agency. And that's what I'm starting to see. It's, it's not necessarily, if you bring enough value to the table as an agency, you have the ability, and maybe if you don't call yourself an agency, you have an ability to go about things in a different way, whether it's betting on yourself. Like one of the things that I appreciate about what you do, you have so much, like you can go to somebody and be like, hey, if you do what I tell you to do, I can get you millions of, like I can get you millions of views. I can get you all this exposure. That's you betting on yourself. So you mm. have way more leverage going into a conversation. What a lot of people do is they're like, Bringing in new leads is hard. Creating content is even harder. And trying to get in the door with certain business-to-business -business relationships can be impossible at times. But what I noticed with this podcast is, it's actually a lot easier than we think. When I first moved to America last year, this was the first thing I created. And what I noticed was I was able to speak to people I never thought I'd be able to, create content from this that was usable to market my company. And then three, I was getting leads coming to me as well. And as a result, the first year brought in an additional $100,000 as a direct reason and response from this podcast. And because of this success, we've created the Social Elevator program, which helps you as a business create a podcast as a lead generation tool. And the funny thing is we had this success figuring it out as we're going. And now we have a well-oiled machine with different strategies that are constantly working to bring in more leads, building better connections, and then also build a presence for our business locally and then even beyond being local. And so in the Social Elevator program, we'll go through how to niche down, how to build it correctly, and then also how to distribute the different pieces of content to constantly be building relationships with your audience and with those ideal prospects. And don't worry, you don't do this alone. You will have a coach with you every single step to help you create the right podcast as a lead gen tool for your business. So to find out more information about the Social Elevator program, go to skymediahouse.com or click the link in the description. Now let's get back to the show. They watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden now they're an agency owner and they just go and they try to set like whatever, 10K a month as a ad buyer, but 9K is that, of that is ad budget you're like, you think you're making a lot of money and you think you have yeah. a lot of leverage, but they can tomorrow be like, I don't want to work with you anymore. Like get out of here. And yeah. it's, it's a, it's a crazy life. Yeah. Well, that was the thing too, which was, I mean, I got tired of telling businesses like, Hey, you should do content. It works. And then, you know, not that they ever asked me, but if I was there, if I was getting pitched, I would have been like, well, do you do make content? Cause it sounds like it works. And I, I, I was like, Ooh, fuck, I don't. So that's what made me end up doing what I was like, shit, I got to be first and show it the way I also, I didn't know anyone. So I didn't know who to reach out to. The only reason I know about Derek was because he shared Brad Coase's clip from my podcast. And then I DM'd him going, you want to be on the show as well? He's like, all right. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing where I was like, oh, I've need, I've got to lead by example. So then people were like, oh shit, I guess it works. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, put together a bit of a program, which is more than just the videos but it's more just in the organic realm um because again like the organic realm is if it's just you post and hope bro you're no screwed yeah like we've we've um and like building in back-end ctas and stuff like that for people but i realized i had to build something that i can automate that section and the dumb for you is the videos mm. because that's the hard part to replicate but everything else, I'm like, all right, this is what you need to do so that we, it's more effective. So you have SOPs for that? Yeah. 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 
And so just it allows people to be like, also they can start seeing some um, effects and also it's, it's creating reasons for people to reach out to them mm. versus, yeah, I might use it one day. I need a reason to find it. Like T clinics has already had, I mean, we're going to put out three, four clips or something that had two people sign up to their, do it, their thing. Yeah. Like their to find out about their testosterone levels. And I was just like, we need something that's free, something that's intriguing, low uh, barrier to entry. But it's enough to be like, if they're listening to anything going, fuck, I probably should find that out. And so I built something that was basically takes you 60 seconds, find out whether or not you might be low in testosterone, which is on brand with them and stuff. But now they got all their details and they can reach out. And, and you just created a lead through that. It's funny because one of my mentors, Ryan Majin, he talks mm -hmm. about this all the time. And it's hard to sell this to businesses, but... What we're realizing with the content age is that there's it's a new form of lead gen. Yeah. It's inbound leads. Now, most business owners, especially, you know, older business owners, don't understand that. Mm. They believe that everything is transactional when you when you're in this leads generation space. It's either I'm gonna pay for ad spend and this is gonna be my return on ads, or I'm gonna um reach out to 10 people and one of them's going to book a call with me or I'm going to put out an email newsletter and like I'm going to get this response. With content, realistically, the best way you actually put yourself, it's just by being viral. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's on the business owner to figure out how they can turn that. And now the agency in a lot of cases, how you can turn that, those eyeballs into cash flow. But yeah. once you understand that and it's a case by case basis, really the goal is to just go like go viral if you can mm. if you can go viral enough times and enough people get there and that's what i wanted to ask you too is based on vi virality is just what i've realized about it is it's just people in the comments <laughs> fighting each other yeah i've de like all my viral clips <clears throat> that have a million plus there's always something that's pissing someone off it's so and funny it, it's kind of sad yeah. but um the viral thing is a funny thing because I think some people go for like, oh, I want a million views, I want this, I want that. But it's more about building yourself a community online. Yes. And you can do dumb shit that everyone re like resonates with, but it has nothing to do with your business. And it's all like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like at least with the Elon Musk clip that had like, I mean, that's had 8 million on my channel and then probably everyone else has ripped it. It'd be over 30 million. Yeah. Um. I'm at least talking about marketing. Yes. I, and that that's you know? what I saw. <clears throat> well, I think it's funny because this is the thing that I've realized about, like, take Logan Paul for an example. Mm. Logan Paul does things to go viral. Yeah. He, as himself, is not viral. Like, if he sat down and it was just him with no guests on a podcast and he just had to sit there and talk to a camera, yeah, the chances of virality, unless he's using other people's names or whatever the case is, is not very likely. And I think you see a guy, like, you, you can take Andrew Tate for an example. He doesn't do, like, yes, does he play a character? Yes, does he turn up his personality 10 times? Yes. But he doesn't do anything in terms of actions to go viral. Mm. He just talks. And his stances and everything like that. So what you're talking about is what, where people are just doing things. They're like, oh, this will go viral. Of course it will. Yeah. But is, is that necessarily something that's effective for you? Is it you, you know communicating a great point that's going to piss people off yeah then that's it like then go go for it but if it's just you doing a silly dance or something 
my biggest pet peeve on TikTok is the people that are like, use this viral audio or whatever yeah. the case is. I'm like, that go ahead, but you're gonna look like every other person out there that's using that same viral audio. Like it yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. It also doesn't build relationship. And that's what we're trying to figure out now as well. And through bits and pieces of content is a lot of people, again, they, they care about the numbers mm. and don't get me wrong. I care about the numbers, but I mean, we did a clip of using a, that, that guy, like being really sensual with a petrol gaze. So I mean, that's got nothing to do with what I'm doing, but I was no. like, I mean, what? It took us five seconds to film Josiah. It was literally like, I was at the, at the gas station. I went, all right. I need you, like, he's in the passenger seat. I go, got my daughter out. He literally, I go, hold the phone there. And he goes, all right, cool, just record. And he wasn't, I don't even know if you're looking. Like, you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I just acted it out and then cut it up and boom, like, you know, 500K views. But that, cool, it was great. But it was also like, I mean, it's got nothing to do with what I do in my business. But what helped me is part of my thing is uh, I have a family. So the people that do follow me know what I do. Well, like, oh, you, your daughter's so cute. <laughs> but I think from a marketing perspective, you, like, yes, do you mention, like, do you specifically as somebody that's trying to create inbound leads through content need to have a direct, like, call out to your business? Yes. Mm. But also, that's your business card. Yeah. You get to show people, like, whether it's related to your business or not related to, hey, I do this. Like, I can look at an opportunity on social media and be like I can create virality from that and that's a skill and not yeah. a lot of people people are slowly coming to the understanding that the more eyeballs on them the better it's more in the understanding of like hey if you're a real estate agent nobody wants to hear about the nitty-gritty like details about whatever in a from a real estate perspective the only people that's going to like that are realtors yeah it's like you want to create a piece of content that is really valuable you have to break it down so dumb that you feel like you're like holding a lot back in terms of what you're supposed to say and you don't need to make yourself look smart you don't need to do any of those things you just need to say something that is either valuable enough for people to share or it's controversial enough for people to argue with you and if yeah. you hit either of those pieces congratulations, you'll get all the eyeballs you want realistically. Yeah. yeah, it seems like shareability is the thing now that's the algorithms are pref uh, preferring at least because mm -hmm. everything I look at that goes full viral, the sharing ratio is very high. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we're always trying to figure out is like what makes someone go, huh, I got to share that. Like one of my clients did a post, someone saw it, shared it to someone who was thinking about doing flooring but really specific to this problem. And then he was like, fuck, called him. And he was like, hey, I changed my mind. I was going to use someone else, but I need you to do this after I saw this video. Because, and that was just a little bit of luck. Yeah. But at the same time, it was, it was a piece of information. Someone thought about it and went, oh, that's relevant to blank. Um, but we, in terms of what you're learning from, from Derek and building the business, yeah. what was the first major shift you changed when he got on board? It was, I mean, realistically, the thing that Derek does, like Derek's been a CEO for 25 years. Like he's done so much in terms of business, but he speaks like a CEO. Mm. When he talks to somebody, he he very much, unless you're in his inner circle, but like he, he is a CEO. And at the end of the day, the meetings that he's had for the last 25 years, the amount of times that he's had to speak and be listened to was high level 
It was executives. It was investors, whatever it was. But it was just a high caliber human that's mm. trying to absorb information and he is trying to, you know, help them or whatever he's trying to do with them. So the number one thing that we realistically did was, hey, like, let's just talk like you're talking to somebody who is like wants to be where you are, not is where you are. Because I think there's a shift that has to happen where you're not necessarily like you're not trying to look cool amongst your peers. You're trying to help somebody that's many steps behind you. Yeah. Um. So once we did that, but like realistically, the thing with him that was so interesting is like when we started, like it was just like, hey, let's just post consistently. Like let's <laughs> let's get people to know you. Like let you know he was he was posting content here and there, but it wasn't to a consistent basis. But the funny thing is with Derek, like once you turn on the camera and you just let him go, like he just he in and of himself is so interesting, has so many stories. It's like kind of does it like. There's not much that you need to do to kind of get him in that position, mm. but um, obviously the podcasts that he's done with people have gone super viral. But like for him, it's it's just him being him and him trying to help the which is his ultimate goal is I want to on his path to a billion. He wants to create a bunch of people that are like millionaires in his path. Yeah. So once we said, hey, this is the idea. Let's make sure that this is represented in what we do everything just kind of took off. Yeah. And for your business, um, obviously you were still, you're very much like, hey, how do I make money? And I think what we typically think is small-minded people is how much do I make per month? Mm. And one thing that's interesting about people like Derek, Hormozzi's spoken about it, everyone's focused on how do I make 100 grand a year? But you speak to someone who's in M&A, for example, and they're like, they'll find two businesses, merge them together. And then now they sell it for a $4 million profit. Those guys don't know how to make a hundred grand a month. You know what I mean? But they know how to do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's so that right there is so funny. Cause I just had a conversation about this yesterday with, or two days ago with Derek, I was sitting with him and I was like, how, if you were, you know, had no experience, no money, how would you make five grand a month? And he goes, doesn't really register like i yeah. don't i don't know <laughs> it's very like, linear yeah like he's like i don't know like for him he has been working in worlds of you know he knows how to make a million like he knows how to make anything that's over probably six figures with the snap of the finger that's mm. kind of how he's done it his entire career and the funny thing is it's with these people the short-minded people are like how can i make 5k a month yeah derek's like how can i make 500 over a 10-year span yeah. Which is a, t it looks so much different. Instead of all of your actions being for money, building relationships for money, like all these types of things, like he, he, what you need to be doing is just taking and listening and getting as many meetings as possible, not for a transactional basis, just to learn. Mm. And then you find your angles. I yeah. think that's the one thing that Derek has taught me more than anything else. Find your angles. Everybody has value to give. Everybody. What, if you take in enough information, if you take 100 meetings mm -hmm. with 100 different companies, you will find an angle for yourself. You'll be like, I can do this very well for this company, which they need, which creates value for them. And then the value is exchanged through money, and then there you go. Yeah. But what a lot of people are, they, they will say, I'm going to be an SMMA guy. I'm going to be this guy. They're going to assign themselves. They're going to create a, you know, person that they are. 
Yeah. And then they just go into every transaction. Like, I'm going to sell you. I don't care if you need it. I don't care. Like, there's no empathy in that. Like, you have to look at somebody. And I've had a bunch of meetings where I've just sat with somebody and be like, I don't think you need me. Or like, mm. I don't know that I'm going to be able to help you. And that right there is more like you're going to make more money off of by saying no than you will by saying yes for a thousand bucks or 500 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. And so, cause I'm going to, I don't want to go too far down the lane of M and A cause I do have a bajillion questions, yeah. but I want to think about what people want to hear. So, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure some people want to hear this stuff, but for a videographer point of view, because yeah. that's what we started. Um, where, what's your biggest piece of advice to a videographer who has no idea how to make 10 grand a month. Yeah. I would say, uh, get yourself into the highest net worth, highest knowledge rooms that you can. I think I, this, when I started this journey, I told everybody, I was like, I'm not a videographer. I'm an entrepreneur that wanted to pick up a camera to get in a room realistically. Mm. So how to make 10 grand a month. I mean, that's, that's a lot different. I think what that is, is just giving enough value to people that you can make that money. So what I think a lot of videographers specifically do is they do everything. Mm. Oh, I'm going to do wedding. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do like 50 million things. Like, yes, can you get to 10 grand a month? A hundred percent. Is that going to get you anywhere past 10 grand a month? Most likely not. You can do a lot of volume of a lot of different things, but you're never going to get to that next level. Like, cause once people get to 10 grand a month that you think like all of a sudden you're just like, yeah, as soon as you hit it, you realize you're still broke. Yeah. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing So I think getting to 10 grand a month, go and do one specific thing for one group of people a bunch of times and you'll make 10 grand a month. Yeah. But also know when to say yes to an opportunity like you should be saying no, especially if you're a videographer, you should be saying no more than you're saying yes. Because mm. the more yeses you have, the less you can say yes. It's like yeah. you're just going to end up – because the thing about being a videographer is you – it's just you and your camera in a lot of cases. It's like kind of how it starts. Mm-hmm. You only have however many hours in a week to work. If you say yes to enough opportunities, like I remember specifically when I started, my first client was $500 a month, and I spent – at least 12 hours a week with them. Yeah. That's like, I would, not that I wish I would have said no, but like, I wish I would have had some insight, like, Hey, like you can't, you multiply that times five. You're working. Yeah. You're working crazy. You're working 60 hours a week for five grand a month. Yeah. Go work a nine to five in that case. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like those types of things. So that specifically. And then another thing is, it's like videographers, you're in demand. Mm. You have to know that. And you also can't be afraid to go to somebody and be like, okay, if you have the mindset of, I never want to be employed, by all means, like, go crush it, go be a freelancer. But, like, something that I've realized is the higher net worth you go, people are just going to buy you out. Yeah. And if they buy you out, it's not the worst thing in the world because you get to learn from them. And it's Mm. not forever. A lot of people will do something and be like, this is my life forever. It's like, no. But you just have to have the insight and to look long-term. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how, um, I mean, every single videographer I speak to here, and obviously Alexis as well, it's crazy how they allow themselves to be negotiated down as well, mm. over and over again. Like, 
I'm, I'm yet to find outside of you and Alexis, people who know their value. Yeah. Like I remember speaking to a friend of mine and he was just like, yeah, I think I'll make, I think I'll make a hundred grand this year. And I looked at him and I was like, like you're five years in the game, dude. I was like, I did that year one. And that wasn't to brag. I was just no. like, oh shit, he's focusing on the wrong things. And part of it was he was focusing on people ask, Hey, what do you charge? 150 an hour. And so it's, it's such a weird way to price yourself out. Cause it's like, all right, well, cool. What if you, what happens if you get all the, all the stuff you need in an hour? Because you're very good at it. Now you just charge 150 bucks for something that if I was a novice and a noob would have taken me three hours and I would have been paid more than you mm. by being worse at my job. And that was the, th the first thing I said to him. I was like, dude, you got to charge a package and know what you're packaging. But again, he just turns up, films anything, does whatever. And look, those guys for sure, they, they will find work because a constant thing I get is like, oh, you're very expensive. <laughs> and I'm like, well, do you want good or, <laughs> or do you want whatever? Because I can turn up and just film on a phone and do nothing. But as soon as it was like, well, no, you're going to find out. And like, because I'm charging more, I, I put more effort into it. So I'm like, this is fun. And I want them coming back, yeah. you know? Um, but definitely that shift was something I'm like, I, I, I don't see many people doing it yet because they're so afraid of the money versus the opportunity. That's so funny that you said that. The whole price comparison with this type of stuff blows my mind. Yeah. Because first off, I've been on both sides. I've been the guy that's charged $500 a month. And I've also been the guy that's charged $6,000 a month. So I've been on either side. The thing about it is when you are charging some, because content services, it's a way of lead generation, but it's less transactional. Yeah. So you have to, like from a business owner perspective, you have to have patience. It's not going to happen overnight. Like it can, you can post one video and it can blow up, but it's much more like this is a process because another thing about it is it takes actual skill from the other side. Mm. Like you have to be skilled on camera to really like make yeah. it work. And that's part of our job is to make them better looking, like make them look better on camera, but and sound better and, and sound better. better. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things that go into it. But the point is for the person that you're charging 500 bucks a month, that 500, unless you just absolutely price yourself like, so like you went to an opportunity, they have money to spend and you're like, Oh, I'm just 500, whatever. But the person, the $500 a month client, that money means way more to them mm. than the $6,000 a month client, which is a really weird way to look at it. But like $500 a month for somebody that's making five grand, that's 10% of their income that they are putting towards you. Yeah. That's a lot. And that's a lot of expectation. They're expecting you to change their life for $500 a month. Mm. And, but with the six grand, it's like there is a level of expectation that comes with that, but they are also, chances are, a little bit more understanding and a little bit more, oh, I'm investing in the process. Yeah. Last part on that, we had a, I had a, right before we kind of made the transition, I had one of my clients called me and she, she was like, hey, you know, somebody, somebody came into the office today and offered me exactly what you do for like 600 bucks. And I say, kind of shocked her, do that. <laughs> go, go there like send me a, their video but like if they're charging like go do yeah. that like because at the end of the day like if that's how you want to view it and you want to view like oh i can save x amount of dollars with him versus you then it, chances are you just don't understand exactly what we're trying to do like mm -hmm. you, you know what i mean like you're not seeing it like i'm not just shooting a video 
putting funny captions on it and like posting it on social media. Yeah. But that was just an interesting, interesting game. And what a lot of people will do, they'll they'll find out your clients and then they'll go behind the door and they'll be like, hey, what are are they charging? They'll charge you. Well, and it's funny because as soon as someone starts trying to negotiate me down, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, nah, nah. It's not worth it. No, because then I'm like, all right, you probably don't see the value in it and that's fine. And so the, the, you know, the other thing too is though, it's, I'm yet to see someone who charges less than we do that does a better job, you know? And I had a, I had a conversation with one kid recently about that. And, you know, cause he was mind blown what I charged. He's like, how? And like for the deliverables I did, and he's like, I don't get it. And I explained to him, I'm like, if I charge more, it means there's more pressure on me to do really well. So I put more effort into it. So I get better results. And then the client's happier. Now you've let yourself be negotiated down. Here's what's going to happen psychologically. You're thinking, fuck this guy. He doesn't understand what, I, what value I bring. Yeah. But you never told him. So you're building, he doesn't, one, he doesn't understand it. Two, you've never communicated it. Now three, you're, you're building resentment towards your client. And then, t- then the next part is if you're not getting paid what you think you're worth, you're not going to work as hard as you should. And what happens then is you're not getting paid less. So you're doing less because you think, fuck that. So they're like, they see the diminish and they go, why am I keep paying this? Hey, can you do less? And then you're like, okay, fuck you mentally. Yeah. And then it's just this slippery slope where then someone else comes in, charges six times what you're charging. And you're like, how did he go him? This guy must hate me. It's like, well, dude, you gave shit quality products because you weren't, you had no dog in the race anymore because you let them negotiate you down work your way down and i think a lot of videographers have no idea of the negotiation part no you know as soon as someone's like i recently had a conversation with someone who goes hey my budget's this and i was like all right cool and then i went away came back and i go if you're going to extend your budget to this i can do blank and they were like yeah cool and my wife was like i would never have thought to do more than they said their budget was. I'm like, because budget's made up, dude. Yes. It's, it's made up. It's something that <laughs> they they want to, like they, they come to the table and they're like, this is what I'm expecting to spend. But at the end of the day, what you did in that negotiation is you just said, listen, this is what I'm worth. Mm. Take it. Or le-. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people, videographers and just entrepreneurs in general, they're so, they're so like obsessed with the idea of making the money that they disassociate with the fact that like this is going to screw you like yeah. this is really going to screw you like they're obsessed with like i need to get the deal i need to get the deal and this is what was me like i was saying yes to anything mm. you you threw threw a price at me that wasn't below like 100 bucks and i was like i'll do it <laughs> like I'll, yeah sure i'll do it oh yeah and then exactly what you're saying i would get another client that would pay 10 times that now all of a sudden i'm like wow i underpriced the hell out of myself yeah and now all of a sudden i'm mad at myself Therefore, I'm not going to give enough to this guy because for no other reason that I didn't stay true to this is my price. This is what I charge. This is it. Yeah. Like it's just a it's a never ending cycle. But I think if you price yourself, but also it's like if you go into a negotiation and you allow yourself to get work down, like you don't believe in your work. Yeah. You don't believe in your work. Like you don't believe that you bring the value that you say you bring because if you did, like if you're not you're not negotiating with anything. You're just like, this is what I charge because I know I can change your life. Yeah. And I need this, I need that resource, money, 
to correctly execute what you want. That's the biggest thing mm. I think people forget. It's like, no, I need this so that I can do blank for you. And if you don't give it to me, it's like, I can't deliver. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very weird thing watching people let themselves just be negotiated down and down and down. And I, I get it. It comes out of desperation, but the problem is you never see those people happy, those videographers. They're always building resentment. But one thing I think people are doing now is they're not looking at building the skills like what you're saying. It's what I call the college student, you know, the one that goes in, when I get this degree, I will, I will, I will be successful. When I, and then they finish it and they go, when I do this degree, I'll go be <laughs> successful. And then they're at college for 5, 10, 20 years and they never, they're a professional student basically. Yep. Where I, I see that with videographers and like the stuff I'm hearing from Alexis is, oh no, when I get this camera, the guy who has no fucking clue about cameras is going to see the value in what I do and pay me more. But I'm not going to negotiate it. I'm going to know that he knows what I know. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's just constantly pe like these guys, these video videographers are buying more and more equipment instead of buying a skill, which is like maybe learn how to negotiate, learn how to price it, learn how to outsource your editing or team or something like that. And like, yeah, it blows their mind when I'm like, yeah, I charge a few thousand dollars and I film on an iPhone 14. And that's it. And they're like, why the fuck would someone pay that? I'm like, cause I, my whole pitch is you're not paying for the camera. You're not paying for the camera. I can come in, bring a camera, stroke your ego a little bit, but do you want me to just do good content or and everyone else go like, wow, that's cool videos because that phone is better than my camera, bro. Yeah. It has an inbuilt stabilizer. It has 48 megapixels. My camera probably has 12. I don't even know it's that old. And I'm like, that thing is just better. And so well, why, yeah. why would I come in and just stroke your ego to be like, cool, I got a cameraman. And it, it, it's so funny because I walk in on, on sets and I'm just like, all right, we're ready to go. <laughs> Lapel mic in. We're good. All right. Okay. Now try this, try that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, he gets paid how much? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's just people don't really understand the game. It, like, because I did, I, I only had, I had an iPhone and my buddy owned a camera. So whenever I would, like, whenever I needed a camera for any odd reason, mm -hmm. I would go, hey, man, can I borrow your camera? Like, I would just go and do that. And then I would show up. And yeah, there was like a little bit of, of an improvement because my camera's, or my phone's a little older. I think it's like an iPhone 13 or something mm. like that. Do get the old 14, 14 Pro. is the way to go. The thing is so stupid. It's like, it's overkill. Yeah. But it's great. I, I mean, I'm all It's in. a business expense for Yeah, you. it's a business expense. I literally expense. put that on my company card. It's like, tax right <laughs> off. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's the, the equipment thing. It's, I've been in a couple of rooms with like, whatever, Alex Hermosi's videographer, like all these guys. And I'm like, it's a, it, it's a, uh, it's a dick measuring competition at the end mm. of the day. Cause nobody that is actually getting filmed knows what the hell you're using. Like, yeah. not like I'm walking in and that's my profession. And I'm like that, what is that? Like how much, what, like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, and they're like, Oh, it's a such and such. Like I got the $10,000 lent. And I'm like, yeah, why? I'm like, and half the time you're filming something and I'm like, I mean, iPhone could do the same. Like, yeah, it's like, and a lot of times when you're talking about virality, it's not that it's not how many, like how awesome the look it is. It's, there's a lot more that goes into it. It's like, by all means, if you want to spend the money on a camera, go for it. But from a client perspective, they don't know. And they definitely don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And it's, it's also people put so much focus on the tool 
But like, I can have a hammer. If I'm blind, I ain't finding that nail. No. You know? But, and that's what people are paying you for. They're not paying you for the hammer. They're, they're paying you for the freaking ability to use it and use that tool in an effective way that they can't. Yeah. And that's, that's my whole pitch is, and I, I literally started off, I'm like, just so you know, I'm rocking up with an iPhone 14, bro. And they're like, why? And then that opens up them being open to, also, it blows their mind. The confidence you got to have to yeah. walk in yeah. there like that. You're like, listen, I'm charging this price. I'm walking in with it. Just this, yeah. th- like a phone. <laughs> and I'm going to do better than any of these other guys out there. Yeah. That's confidence. And, it, and it, it also like when someone has an expectation and you're like that exact expectation, I'm going to go completely against that and do the thing that you think sucks. And I'm this confident about it. It builds more intrigue because mm. they're like, what do you mean? And then when you explain, I'm like, Dude, you can go film yourself if you want. You're paying me to do this stuff you can't do. Yeah. Um. Because I'm like, honestly, dude, if you're just looking for a pretty video, s- buy an iPhone or yeah. get your friend's iPhone. And I think that's where they start seeing the value where they're like, you know, it's like I explained to them, like, hey, editing that took this long. And they're like, fuck. And then they go, oh, I see the value. Mm. Versus, yeah, I just threw it together. Chuck some cap, did the captions app. <laughs> They're just like, all right, cool. Why am I paying for it? But um, so what's the step you're doing now? Because you just hired an editor. Was it a full-time editor or what's the structure you're doing with that? So I actually, here's what we're doing in terms of building the team. It's uh, overseas-based editor, mm-hmm. but we're changing the, like, I, I Ryan Majin was the one that taught me this, but... Editors need to be treated like salespeople mm. in the creative world. And this is like very new, but I, I mean, I, we're just testing it. So if we end up going broke because of it, whatever. But <laughs> um, what we're doing is when we bring on an editor. So let's talk about the easy challenge. You guys probably are not aware, but I used to be a personal trainer back in Australia for about eight years. After seeing so many clients stop training with me or stop those habits, they would just fall straight back into the things that made them gain weight almost instantly again. And so after a bunch of years, I realized it was, it hurt me a lot more than I think it hurt them because I just saw so much hard work go to waste. And so a couple of years into it, I started figuring out this new method that I call the one-two compound method. And so with that, it's about habit stacking, creating habits that will help you for years and years to come. And the best thing is it's so easy. So we've already had people lose up to 20 pounds in their first month by using the one, two compound method. Best part is they don't even realize that anything is happening because it doesn't have to be this hard work. It doesn't have to be all of a sudden your life is flipping itself over upside down and you have to focus on 20 different things. Instead, you're gonna have a one-on-one coach who will guide you every single step of the way so that you don't have to think. All you gotta do is just do the next thing, tick that off for 30 days, and the next thing, and after time, what you will notice is the weight will just start coming off. Now, this is not just for people who are trying to lose weight, also people trying to tone or just change some habits so that they don't ever feel like they're being miserable through a diet. Because let's face it, diets do not work. So to find out more about the easy challenge and the one-two compound method, all you've got to do is head to my Instagram at Aussie Blake Doyle. Now that is O. Z, or Z, you guys call it Z, don't you? You call it Z? All right. O-Z, Blake Doyle, and then slide in my DMs and just write easy. Now let's go back to the show. It's, you need to come in ready to go. Like yeah. you need to come in competitive. Like I want to produce something great. And then what we do in our system is we incentivize that. 
Yeah. So if you can get a video to get a hundred or million views, we'll give you a, a decent chunk of money mm. to do that. And like the guy that's been with us um, overseas, he's been with us for six months and he started at nothing. Yeah. At nothing. But so it was he, purely incentive based. It was no, no, no. We didn't even do incentive based at that point. He was getting paid just like he had a he had a um, a Fiverr ad out. Yep. And it was like this is my price. I'm whatever ten bucks a video or something like that. And we're like, okay, we need to do X amount of videos. And then slowly, as he continued to improve his skill, yep. we were like, okay, if you can do X, we'll pay you Y. And he yep. just slowly worked himself up. Now he is making an incredible amount of money in terms of an overseas editor mm-hmm. because over there, the U.S. dollars 3x what there is, or yeah. like whatever that is. It's like their What country is it? Egypt. Oh. So it's like... We just we just got rid of an Egypt guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't... Well, no, no alignment. It's yeah. different, but he was with us two months ago. <laughs> yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, but from a sales perspective, if you get... When you bring on a guy... Because they're getting, so, they're in demand right now. They're in demand yeah. to, to a high level. You can get in and you say, if you crush it, we're going to give you p- performance incentives. Yeah. That's when you get those people that are really like wanting to go after it. So we're going to, and then in a month, we'll hire a US based editor. Um, mm. Or at the start of the month, we'll hire a US based editor. They, they cost more, but they get yeah. the same performance incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Because I find the tricky thing to teach is storytelling mm. and timing. So a lot of them can do, again, the thing, but, you know, I, I can, I know straight away, at least for a video from my page with only 5,000 followers, I know the hook that'll get me 10,000 plus, um, in terms of, I'm not saying like, oh, you say this and blank. It's more just once I see something like a clip and we'll take clips from like the podcast, for example, sometimes I'll post one that isn't a good hook. Cause I'm just like, I don't think this will go well. Yeah even though it's good information. And now it's like, yep, didn't do well. I was like, okay, cool. I'm starting to get a, a thing. I think we, we always want to push the stuff that we think will do well because we want that ego boost. Whereas mm. I want to know like, do I have an eye for this or am I just bullshitting myself? And that's the thing I'm trying to get with the editors, which is tricky, which is like, hey, how about we look back? What's working? What's a good hook? What makes you want to listen to it? And also like a story of the short as well. And some, it, it, that's that's the hardest part to teach them. You can teach them the things, the beats, but I would just be like, you know, hey, maybe don't go for retention like TikTok. Yeah. Boom, let it breathe. And like that Elon Musk video, my editor, she nailed it. Like she put four hours into it. Yeah. Into a, what, 50 second video. But I said to her, I'm like, can you see how, what, how that worked? Yeah. All the little things we did, like we put Elon Musk's vi- face and then the title, At do you know how smart he is? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't my face. Yeah. Do you know how smart he is? That's going to make people that love Elon go, ooh, I, I want to know. And people that hate him go, oh, here we go. Yeah. He's another dick. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then it had su- certain beats and even the music, like it wasn't just slap a song underneath. And it was, but I think something that struggled with her was just, it's the time. Yeah. It's fun when you get that little, adrenaline thing and then it's like oh fuck back to it again back to it again and keeping them motivated is a tricky thing well that's where the the performance incentives comes in yeah because when they start acting like a salesperson like from an editor perspective you they they demand a certain price to do it but 
that for them, it's how quickly can I get this done to where it looks how it needs to look, mm. and then I can just move on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, and that's what, when you're paying somebody on a per video basis. That's how they think. Yeah. When you tell somebody, hey, this is your standard output for a day. You need to come into this, like, however many a day. But if if this one hits a million, you're going to make 500 bucks. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, they are now incentivized to not only acquire the skill to do it, but they're going to try to do that at a high output. Yeah. So it's not as much as like, oh, this one video is going to... Because one of the things that Ryan Majin talks about a lot, it's like the editing matters. It does. But not as much as a story is that's told in the 100%. background. Like you can throw white white standard captions on a captions app on an awesome fucking story, and it will take off. Yeah. The editing needs to give context. So if it gives context, if it helps connect dots for people and it makes sense for them... That's where you see it. So it's not as much as like I, I tell our editors all the time. It's like I don't really care how long you spend on the video. Like you need to care about what the output of that video was. It's yeah. like you can look awesome. It can look like the best video of all time. But if it's not driving results, who cares? Yeah. Like it's just an ego thing for you to be like, oh, my video looks better than your video. It's like it doesn't mm. fucking matter. What's, what's, how many people are seeing it? How many conversions is, is it creating? At that point, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So – yeah, that, that's good. So I was doing the incentives for a bit too. Um, what problems did you see with that? Uh, they weren't getting the results fast enough. I think they thought, you know, like even just getting, especially on a small uh, following, you know, getting 10,000 views can be tricky. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that where it is. It's just like, Hey, grind it out consistently for six months. And I guarantee you'll be much happier. Yeah. Versus, all right, the incentives sound great. And then a month in, it's like, hmm, what's the point? I'm like, dude, five of your videos hit at least the bare minimum. So I'm like, that's that's a start. Yeah. Um, so getting that momentum is the tricky thing for people. And so say you're doing it for a client. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, would you also include that in your package? You're like, hey, this is our base price. Plus, if we do blank, 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 you know, like if you hit a million, there's this incentive on top of that. Um, so that you're not like, cause imagine you, you do running the numbers. Yeah. yeah, You you, you charge freaking three grand for 10 videos and they're like, cool. And then you got the incentives in the back end and say all 10 and you run your margins too. Well, you go negative. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're losing money. And they're like, how good is this guy? You're like, fuck, I'm not making any money. (laughs) I lost money being so good. (laughs) Well, so this is where I think the most important part of this conversation comes is the, and what we talked about at lunch the other day, changing how you go about structuring a client. Mm. The client need like, if you're at your level, you have much more leverage than you realize. Yeah. And I think that if you bet on yourself, which, you, and like this is where picking your clients gets really, really tricky. Because when you bet on yourself, you're not like, it's not just like we've talked about. It's not what you're, what the video looks like, what the editing looks like, what the quality of the can- it's really the story that's told on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. But from like that perspective, like I, if I, let's say tomorrow I restarted my agency, I would go to somebody and I'd say, listen, I know these are the metrics that I'm willing to, that I know I will hit. If it's somebody that I obviously believe in and whatever, I will build in not view incentives, but I will, 
I'm so confident in what we do. I will build in like, I'm going to drive this needle for you in terms of money that you're going to make. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation the other day with an old client and he was like trying to get me to come back and he's like, Hey, what can I pay you? Hey, like what, what yeah. what's going on? And I'm like, like, you, I don't really, I don't want your money, but I will, I will build a team for you internally and whatever you're making from social media right now, I want to take half the difference of what you make afterwards. Mm. So like I had a conversation with one guy and he was like, I don't know that I can make 10 K a month. Like, I don't know. I can't make 10 K a month off social. I was like, okay, if you believe that, let believe that. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get you to that point. And then whatever you make over that, I'm getting half of, mm. I'll pay you $0. <clears throat> but when, once you cross that number, I think that that next month he did 30 K. Hmm. And what does he do? He's a life coach. So we drew like it, it's very easy, and that's why you have to pick, and you can't bet yeah. to, like don't bet on everyone. No, no, <laughs> definitely don't bet on everyone. You'll be broke at that point. But that's where the incentive stuff comes in. Like that's really where it is. And yeah. The lucky thing is, is being in in an internal media team. I don't necessarily have to think. I have to think ROI, and I have to think let's do this at the cheapest cost possible. But I'm also thinking about maximum exposure, and Derek doesn't really sell anything, so it's yeah. like there's not really any conversions that we're looking to yeah. achieve. That's what I was wondering. Like, how do you know that they're doing it? Because I mean, an online coach, I'd imagine it's like they have a landing page at least CTA, so you can track that. I mean, like, I mean, use Becca for example. That's a tricky one because. He has clients in him up. I mean, part of his marketing is realtors see his content and they refer clients. Uh, that's what gave him more confidence because I, I got him starting to message every single person that likes, not even just comments, likes it. Yeah. Um, and asking him, hey, like, what is it? What value can we give? Like, do you want tips or whatever? Like, what can we put in our content that will give value? And then he found out some realtors were like, man, I love your content. I've actually been um, recommending people because of it. And then he was like, oh, I love this now. Like he, he, he loved it to start off with, but obviously after a couple of months, it's like, oh, I just don't think it's working mm, It's and I needed to find a way. So he was, I was like, we don't know. Cause like he gets most of his referrers are realtors. And then you ask someone, how'd you hear about it? And they go, realtor. And so he's like, I, that's hard because what if they're watching your content? Yeah. But now he got that thing. So it's like, you would have to, I guess. Is there anyone outside of on the digital space where you have, all right, this client that you closed, because clearly you can't trust everyone 100%, where they'd be like, oh, yeah, like they know that 20 grand came in, be like, oh, we, we made five this month. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you'd need to have something like a, a landing page that you get notified about every lead. It's like, well, this person's a client of yours. They came through here. Yeah, you have, to, <laughs> you have to rebuild your funnel for most businesses. Like, you just have to – you have to have eyes on it. Like, yeah. unless you're saying, hey, give me access to your QuickBooks and I'm going to track the shit myself, <laughs> which not many people are open to. But I think that's – I think that's where we're shifting into. Um, yeah. I really do because I think what's happening is there is a direct ROI on inbound content creation. There just is. People don't want to really realize it. but. Yeah. You have to set it up. And yes, are you going to lose money on it because somebody saw the content and then didn't necessarily go right to the link, but they talked yeah. to somebody and whatever. Yeah, you're probably going to lose money that way. But if it's, let's not even, let's take the realtor, for example. How we can drive sales is probably through an email newsletter, I, I would guess. Like you mm. can do that through email newsletter, whatever. 
but you set up something where it says you run it as a test run. You set up an email newsletter and you say, let's say every 20th subscriber ends up buying a house. Mm -hmm. So then in that case, you can reverse engineer it and say, hey, if I get you 100 subscribers, I want X dollars like on your email newsletter. Now, for him, he knows he makes money from the email newsletter. Mm -hmm. He knows that. So it's a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah, this is a direct ROI for me versus somebody who doesn't know social media who is like, oh, if I get you a million views, whatever. Like, it, it's just different. We had one client a long time ago who did the performance incentive. Like, every time you get a hunt, he had never touched 100K views on a video ever. Mm. And he goes, I'll give you... I think it was a hundred bucks every time you hit a hundred K video. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> the first week he had six videos that hit over a hundred K and he calls me and he goes, I don't know how long I can do this, man. Like, <laughs> I don't think this is going to work. Everyone for me. loves the incentive yeah, until exactly. I have to pay. <laughs> exactly. They're like, I, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. But that's when I realized, because I mean, for him, it wasn't giving him direct ROI or maybe it was, and he was just a shyster, but regardless, yeah, probably. probably. Well, it's also like, I mean, numbers, it's like numbers can mean something and can be nothing. Like Becca's made more money than any one of my clients and he has the worst views out of everyone. Yeah. Where it's like, even I'm like, like how do I get, like what's oh, yeah, going yeah. on? Is it his account? What's going on? Like I have no idea, but he doesn't care mm -mm. versus again. So there's incentives of numbers. Also like he's limited geographically, which happens a lot. So do you ever incorporate as well like a, a paid ad. So you put out the organic, see what works. Then, all right, that one seems to resonate a bit. Let's do a paid ad, just fucking, I don't know, 10 bucks locally. And then they're like, shit, I'm seeing the, results. The, the conversion. Or are you talking about from a view basis or like a conversion basis? Um, both. So, yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. What you'll, I mean, you, I mean, we know organic, Mark. If organic goes viral, mm. that ad will convert like nobody's business. It's yeah. just how it goes. Like, I will t we'll segue off of this later. I think paid ad businesses are going to crumble in the mm. next year or two just because everything's becoming creative. Everything's creative-based. Yeah. But to answer your question, yes. I think what you, in that case, I would see something that has promise. That's why I hope t TikTok doesn't go away because it's how I basically base all of my shit off of. But, TikTok is crazy with the ads as well. Yeah. It's so good. But you'll see something that'll get a little viral hit or like there's something there mm. I, I would run an ad off that directly and then yeah. what ends up happening is if you have a funnel set up on the back end you have a link you have all the tracking you have everything built in the back end because it's not just getting the views that's when i would say do that because the thing that what, what's happening with ads is direct conversions aren't necessarily working as well mm. like so i before we di did content we were we're in a mastermind community of a bunch of direct response ad people and either people aren't answering the leads or like people aren't picking up the phone because it's a direct conversion lead. Like either way, I would send them back to the profile and then they have the profile have a link to it. So that way they're not feeling they're being sold or whatever the case is and yep. then just go through that process realistically. Yeah. Maybe I'll start doing ads for myself again. I'll just use the Elon Musk video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was proof it would, of concept. Yeah, it would do... It would do Everybody would be like, that's really interesting. Like, whatever. And then they follow their way back, and then they follow you, basically. Yeah. Interesting. You're making me think differently now. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, I think the issue, the 
issue with being in this space is it's creative based. Mm. I have, I'm lucky. I have a business partner who is everything that I'm not from a business mind. Like I hate ma- take making money. Mm. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Like, that is a weird thing. I, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's one of those things where the other day we were having conversations like, why don't you take the money that you're, you were given? Like, cause I'm like, mm. oh, let's put it in the business or like I don't directly. I've been broke for so long. Oh, you mean you don't take it for you personally? Yeah, oh, like I totally I, get that. Yeah, like my, that's my wife's conversation all the time. Yeah, like why didn't you take that for yourself? How is it we made this much money and we don't have any? I'm like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> went yeah, back in the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the issue that I I have based my life around building relationships because that's what my superpower is. It's not yeah. picking up a camera. It's not like I love making relationships. Well, you can go to zero, but the relationships are still there. Exactly. And everybody's like, your network doesn't like if you Anyone know. Anyone who says that doesn't have a good network. Exactly. <laughs> basically. Um, but I've had to learn in a lot of ways to think differently when it comes to this business because mm-hmm. agencies are dying. Like the industry as a whole is dying because it went like this. Everybody owns a freaking agency Everybody has the same model. Everybody has the same offer. Everybody's competing on the same level. And it's a race to the bottom. And it's a race to the bottom Mm. because once you get everybody that has the same shit, now you're price competitive. Yeah. And the second you're price competitive, you're just going to shoot yourself down. And that's just how it's going to go. So what I realize is the more that you can be more of a business development company that does creative, Mm -hmm. the better. Because the truth of the matter is creative, where we're headed in the world, yeah, it's it's content. Yeah, it literally is attention and content, and it's not a matter of because like what's happening with ads right now. This is what the point that I was making earlier. Ads are getting easier and easier to run. Mm. Any business owner can go in, learn how to target, learn how to do this, yeah. learn how, because the <clears throat> and the end user, Facebook realizes the easier they make this, yeah the less barrier to entry for other people to spend money on the platform and is. And the pixel in the algorithm is so fucking smart, dude. So smart, especially on TikTok. Like, TikTok, yeah. it's well, scary. T- yeah, my mate just put all these, all these ads spent in TikTok because I told him about it. And, I mean, I mean, just look into it. Yeah. I, I Not because I knew anything. I was just like, I just hear things. I don't know what they are, but I hear good things. He was like, all right, cool. And he's just like, bro, I'm making so much money. He goes, it's because the algorithm and the terms and conditions of TikTok is so invasive that they can be better. Yeah. Like they can much, be better than Facebook. Better. Yeah, yeah, And he goes, look, it sucks for everyone, but it's great for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but with that specifically, the end user, it's getting easier and easier. So if more and more people are able to create ads, it really comes down to the skill of what the content is. Yeah. That's what Gary Vee built his whole business off of. Mm. That's all he did. It is He is a creative-based business. Yeah, and that's where we're headed. It's a creative, bi- creative businesses are going to spike. Yeah, creativity is a hard thing to duplicate. That's that's it's the really thing hard. I'm finding that's tough. Is like, you know, all the creative juices I'm putting into other people's stuff is great, but again, for me, it's still a bit transactional. Where it's like, all right, cool, here's your month, boom. Where I'm like, reaching this point where it's like, okay, fuck, how do I scale something because. I want my creativity to build my business mm. and build my, you know, value, so yeah. to speak. Um, how are we for time? Do we have to go soon, Jessa? Yeah. All right, so sweet. He he doesn't want to be late to his. He's got to get a uh, what is a bus? Miami. He's gonna bust to Miami. Bitch. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. 
But it was a short and sweet one, guys. Um, we're going to have to just have you back on. Sorry, yeah. guys. This is a short, sweet one. If you found value, message me, message James. How can they find you? Uh, James, J-A-I-M-E-S-V-E-N-Z on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. Yep, sliding his DMs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have you back on because I've got so many more questions that yeah. people should hear. So guys, subscribe if you haven't already. We've always got people that are very interesting in health and business. And also we just say some dumb shit sometimes. So peace.